Good morning. Have a little talk with Jesus. Everything will be all right. How's everybody? The summer is almost over. Yesterday, the freshmen came in. We had close to 1,400 freshmen came in yesterday. And the parents and got a chance to see some folks who went to school with me bringing their their kids and their grandkids to college and I call Andre and he was down in DC putting Drea and I can hear the tears dropping from his eyes. My baby is gone away to college. It's going to be all right, Andre. If you get sad, I'll drive you down to Howard and you can see uh, with take a picture and blow it up and bring it back life size. So lay it on a bed so you won't be so sad. God is good not some of the time. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. If you're here this morning, you're not a member of the Lord's Church, we say welcome. We're just happy you decided to be with us, and if you hear from another congregation of the Lord's people, it is good to see you. And those of us who labor here at East Baltimore, we expect to see you. I was, uh, remember today after the 11 o'clock service is the senior ministry financial workshop. So they're going to feed you if you want to stay around. You could do that. And remember, there is no 430 service. That's going to be an inner city at their youth conference and rally and please remember to mark your calendar for August the 24th. It will be the end of the summer friends and family weekend. They said bring your dessert and bring your drinks. Bring, bring your drinks too. Uh, sodas and I don't mean the drinks you drink at home, just bring what you're supposed to to bring. I, I, it's amazing. I was talking to Brother Foster this week, and he said that they argued for an hour and a half with the millenniums about social drinking. I, I've come to the conclusion that there is no such thing as millennium Christians. It's just Christians. And they put millennium in there. Anytime somebody don't want to do what the Bible teaches, they want to change 
It's only Christians. If you open the Bible and show me millennium Christian, I'll call them millennium Christian. They're just Christians. And the Bible hadn't changed. The Bible hadn't changed. And the Bible talk about this 2,000 years ago. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Same thing the Bible talk about coming to worship. They hadn't changed. Same thing the Bible said about instrumental music in the church. It hadn't changed. This thing hadn't changed. But they figure if we say millennium, then we can twist and alter things to where we want to do. But let me, let me say this to you. When you get to the judgment, there will not be in a millennium Bible and another. It's going to be one Bible. The books is going to be open. And those things that are written in his book and your book have to match. Unless he'll say, I never knew you. So don't, don't get twisted with all of this stuff. That wasn't in my lesson. I, I, I want to talk to you this morning about a subject. And, I, and sometime I get the, the verse and then work the subject into the verse. And sometime I get the subject and work the verse into the subject. Yes, sir. So what Paul did, he wrote to the church at Rome. And he says, all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that is called according to his purpose. So the gist of the matter is that God worked things out, not for our purpose, but for his purpose. He is able to take this thing and put it together with that thing and that thing with this thing to work out his purpose. And he says that nothing happens that is a surprise to God. God have already seen the things that is going to happen before it happens. And that God uses us in order to make sure things happen. So then, let's not get confused that God needs us when he is using us in order to get what he wants done. When God decides to use you, don't think that he needs you because he would get what he wants done with 
or without us. So this morning, go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Esther. And I want us to read some things in Esther chapter 4. I was just sitting there and I said, let's, let's look at it. And then tie it with Romans 8. And then the lesson will be yours. In the book of Esther, chapter 4. Esther, you say, well... Go to Job and turn back one book. And then you got Esther. If you got well, this computer thing, you just hit three letters, E, S, and T, and it'll pop right out there for you. And then flip to the fourth chapter. How you doing, Don? How's your summer? Wonderfully busy. Big Smith getting ready to go back to school? Two more weeks? Are you going to cry? You're not going to cry this summer? Okay, because you know you cried a lot last summer. You... He was able. You see how God worked it out? Yeah, he does. Verse 7 says what? Verse 7. Now, let us all read. Okay. Verse 7. You got, you got Esther? Esther chapter 4, verse 7. Let's read. And Mordecai told him all the things that had happened unto him and to the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasure. Read. To Shushan to destroy them. To show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go into the kings to him to make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for the people. Verse 9. And Hatta came and told Esther the words of Mordecai, verse 10. And again, Mordecai, verse 11. All the king, all the king uh, where's the folks? All the king's servant of the people of the king's province to, to know what. King, that they may live, but I have 30 days. Verse 12 say, 
And they told to Mordecai Esther word. Verse 13. Then Mordecai command to answer Esther. Think not this with thyself. Thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Verse 14. For if thou all together holdest thy peace at this time, from, from another place, thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who thou knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, see the hands of God. Listen. Listen to this conversation. The characters in this book is a man named Mordecai. And a man named Haman. And a woman by the name of Esther. I, I can't preach the whole thing, so go back and read it. It, it. Esther is a good book. And when you look at the book of Esther, many of the scholars will, will say that maybe Esther isn't a book in the Bible at all because it doesn't mention God any place. But when you read the book, God is on every page of the book. And, 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 and something is going on here between Haman and Mordecai. Haman did not like Mordecai. Because Haman was one of the king's right-hand man. And Haman was upset with Mordecai because Mordecai did not honor and bow down to Haman. Being a Jew, Mordecai felt that the only person that he should bow down to is God. So Haman had plot to kill Mordecai. And plot to kill all of the Jews. But so Mordecai, at this time, Esther was queen in the king palace. I'll tell you how she got there in a minute. But Mordecai says unto Esther, do not think because you are in the king's house when it's time for the Jews to be destroyed, you are going to escape. I want you to know something. God may have put you in this situation 
for such a time as this. God uses many things, supernatural or natural, to make sure that his purpose gets done. So, in this book of Esther, Hammond had plotted to kill Mordecai and had plotted to kill all of the Jews. And if Haman had succeeded in killing Mordecai and all of the Jews, all of the promise that God had made would have gone by the wayside. The promise that God made to Abraham, and through thy seed, all nations shall be blessed. The promise that God made to Jacob, in thy seed, thy shall come. The promise that God made in Judah, through thy seed, none of this would happen, if, Mort, if Haman had succeeded in destroying the Jews and Mordecai. And in the midst of their argument is a woman. In the midst of the argument between Mordecai and Haman is a woman called Esther. King the I had decided that he would have a banquet 180 days and the king was so boisterous that at the time, there was a queen by the name of Vasti. The Bible says she was a pretty woman. And the queen had summoned Vasti to come so he can show her off. But Vasti decided that she was not going to come to the queen. And so now, the queen, the king's servant, says to the queen, to the king, I'm sorry, if she is allowed to get away and not come to you, the others will do the same thing. Esther chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, The king remembered what Vastad had done 
by disobeying her and they came to the conclusion that she should no longer be queen of the king's kingdom. So the king, kingsman, ordered all of the young virgin to come to the king's banquet and that they would be able to pick someone that will take the place of Queen Vasta. In verse 7 of Esther chapter 2, watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, and they brought Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle daughter, for she had neither father or mother. And the maid was what? Fair and beautiful. Now, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, Wes, says that Esther was fine. Don't get mad. That's in the text. That's in the text. Esther was fine. Not only was she beautiful in the face, but she was beautiful everywhere you look at her. And, 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 and now watch what's happening here. The king, he's a man. And the king loved beautiful woman. And the Bible says that Esther was a beautiful woman. In other words, Beyonce had nothing on Esther. Nicki Minaj might as well sit down. She ain't got nothing. You put her. The, the, don't y'all get mad. I'm just reading the text. And another translation going to tell she was beautiful in every way that you look at her. And watch God. The Bible says that Esther was about to take the place of Vasta. And not only Esther wasn't there to find a husband. Esther and her beauty was there to save her people. Y'all uh, with me? All I'm doing is looking at the text. And, and I want us to see how God will take your beauty. For his purpose. And, 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 and so now, here's the thing. Esther being a queen in the king's house. Mordecai, the text said, that Mordecai heard of a plot to kill the king. And, 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 and because Haman 
wanted not only to kill Mordecai, but he wanted to kill all of the Jews. So he sent message to his niece, whose father and mother had died, and now he has her as his, raising her as his daughter. And now she has been elected queen. Mordecai said, I need you to go in and talk to the queen, to the king, and I need you to make supplication for your people. Because if you don't make supplication for your people, Haman is going to kill me and kill all of the Jews. So Esther comes back. She sends a message to Mordecai. You know that the only way a person can go to the king is that person must be called of the law is they shall be put to death. Mordecai sent a message back. Let me tell you something. Because you are in the king palace, when time for the Jews to be destroyed, you will not escape because you are in the king palace you are going to die with all of the other Jews if Haman gets his way Esther sent a message back to Mordecai I can't go in there unless he sent for me so then what Esther does Esther decided that she would have two banquets and she would cook for the king and invite him to her banquet. That way she can have a word with the king. So Esther was not only fine, she was smart also. Esther had this banquet and Esther decided to invite the king to the banquet. So the Bible says when the king came to the banquet, Esther told the king of the plot that these two guys had plotted the kill the king and when they got when they and and, and 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 Mordecai heard it so he went and told the king's men and they interrupt the plot to kill the king one night I'm in chapter 6 the Bible says the king could not sleep. So he got up and he got the book and he read the Chronicles. And in the book of Chronicles was written about what Mordecai 
had done. So the king says, who is in the outer court? And the servant said, Hammond is in the outer court. And he said, Brent summons Hammond to me. And he says to Hammond, Hammond, what should we do with a man? How can we honor a man who has saved the king's life? And see, Hammond thought that the king was talking about him. So Hammond said, I, I, I would get the king's robe. And I would put it on him. And I, I, and I would take the king's horse. And I would ride him around the, the, the king's province. And I would put a crown on his head. And I would prance him around through the streets. So the king says to Hammond, I want you to do that. For Mordecai. So Hammond's had to do what the king says. And now Hammond is mad. And so Hammond goes out and he builds a gallow to hang Mordecai. Brothers and sisters, we just need to be careful. Because when we build a gallow for somebody else, don't be surprised if the gallow that you built for somebody else, you don't hang yourself on that same gallow. So, watch God's hand. God had to remove one king, one queen, to put in another queen in order to save his people. Because if Hammond had had his way, there will be no salvation for you and for me. There would be no salvation for all who had come to God because the, the, the seed would have been destroyed. So what's the essence of the story? God take the beauty of this woman to make sure that his work get done. If she wasn't a beautiful woman, she would have never been queen. And if she wasn't queen, she'd have never been in the palace. And if she never been in the palace, she could not have a banquet for the king. And if she didn't have the banquet for the king, the king would have never came to the banquet where she can tell the king that Mordecai had interrupted a plot to kill you. So let me tell you something. Don't think you're going to escape 
if you don't say something, if you hold your peace right now and don't say nothing to the king, when time for Hammond to kill the Jews, you're going to die too. How do you know that God doesn't have you in the kingdom for such a time as this? See, we, so many times in our lives, we look at where we are instead of why we are where we are. How do you know? When you're going through something or when you think people are, are leaning on you too much, how do you know that God doesn't have you right where you are for such a time like this? How do you know that God's kingdom, see, God uses us not because he needs us. He uses us in spite of us. So God got you in the kingdom for just this time, our goal and our, our attitude should be, thank God, God is able to use me in spite of me. You remember, you remember the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 and 38 and 39? The Bible says that Joseph was sold by his brother into captivity. And Joseph being sold ended up in prison. And he went from prison into part of his house. And you remember how part of his wife had, had, had said that Joseph had, had tried to rape her and they put him in prison. And in prison he met one of Pharaoh's men and he goes from the prison to the palace. And when the famine had hit Israel, they had to come to Pharaoh in order to get corn to save their lives. And you remember how Pharaoh sent them to who? To Joseph. Who's in charge of all of this. But here is the agony. Well, not the agony. But here is the great blessing of God. Joseph's story isn't about Joseph at all. Joseph's story is about Judah. The Bible says for the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver among his people until Shiloh come. So if, see, if, if, if Joseph was in place in Pharaoh's palace, he could not get the food to save Judah. And if Judah had died, the seed promise would have died also. See, brothers and sisters, it ain't about you and I. It's always about God. And God is using us to make sure that his work get done. And you remember what Mordecai said? If you don't do it, 
deliverance from God's people will come from someplace else. So if you don't do what God instructed us to do, don't you get mad. Because deliverance is going to come from someplace else. We should be grateful that God is using us in spite of us. So Paul writes this letter to the church at Rome and he said, for we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Things don't work out for our good. Things work out for the good of God. It's just so happened that God uses us in the process of working things out. All things, Sister Stevens, not some things. All things work together for good to them that love God. See, when you look at the text, sometimes you got to extrapolate some words from the text. Everything work how? Together. You and God working it out together. But in order for you to be able to be in the together, you got to love God. You got to love God. And not only that, you got to be called according to God's purpose. See, God, see, there's no accident when life deals us. God already know what's going on. You think it is a surprise to God. It's a surprise to you and me. But God already know Amen. that he was going to use you long before you was born. Amen. Ain't no accident this morning, Wes, you sitting here. God had this in his mind before you was born. Amen. You think cause something happened in our lives is a surprise to God? No, God works it out for good to them that love God. I called Andre yesterday because my son Carl had the starter went out on him. And, he, and I wasn't feeling good. And so he, I called him after he told me, because we were to play golf, and, he, and I, I couldn't go because I just wasn't feeling good. Right. And he said, well, if I know dad is sick if he don't go to play golf on Saturday. That's right. So I didn't say, I didn't want to disturb you. Because if you don't go to play golf, you got to be feeling bad. Mm-hmm. His car went out yesterday. On Friday, he put his tool kit in his car to help somebody on Friday. But the tool kit in his car on Friday 
didn't mean nothing to him. Y'all with me? Stay with me. I'm going someplace. But on Saturday, when the car wouldn't start, Brother Lucas, he had the tools in his car that he put there on Friday when he didn't need it. God knew that I wasn't going to be feeling good on Saturday to go help him. So what God does on Friday, he tells them, put the tools in your car. Why? I don't need it Friday, but I'm going to need it Saturday. And your daddy ain't going to be healthy or feeling good to come help you. So when Saturday came, God had already worked everything out. He knew Andre was going to be in D.C. He knew his father was going to be feeling bad. But if you got the tools, you can do some things yourself. No, he don't have a lift. And he doesn't have an air pressure gun. But he got the tools that he needs. It takes a little more muscle. But he can get the job done. So what God does, he works it out in spite of us. And God says to him, you got those tools in that car for such a time as this. See, don't go through life thinking that God doesn't work things out. He works it out for them who love him and for them who is called according to his purpose. See, God didn't help him out for him. God helped him out for me because he knew I wasn't feeling good yesterday. And he knew I needed some rest. And Andre was going to be out of town. So what are you saying, preacher? How do you know that God didn't have him for such a time as this? See, when you think about it, and you go back and you look at it and you say, that's just luck that that happened. God ain't about luck. This is God's providential purpose. God knew I needed rest for today. Amen. So he said, don't play golf today. Sit in there and rest because you're tired. I said, no, I'll go anyway. He said, no, I want you to rest today. See, sometimes we try to ignore God. But when God wants us to, be, to stand still, he just mess with our body. I got up this morning feeling a lot better. I didn't go to the doctors. The body is designed to heal itself. Yesterday, the Bible, the, the body said, I need rest. Tell Ian to fix his own car. I said, how did you fix it? I pulled it up on YouTube. Changed the starter. I said, you changed the starter all by yourself? Yeah, and I needed a battery. What he did, he walked from McLean Boulevard all the way over to uh, uh, Lock Raven to the um, 
auto van store. I said, well, that's good. I said, how'd you get over there, war? How'd you get back out, war? What did you have to get? A new battery? How did you get it there? I took a golf, I mean, a, a shopping cart and rolled it all the way there. What are you doing? I'm preparing myself. I got the tools. And if you got the tools, God will give you the knowledge. But they first must be a willing mind. He worked all things together to good to them that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. We just got to be able to see the hand of God and allow God to use us where God sees fit to use us. Maybe you're here today. You're not a member of the Lord's church. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe with all your heart Christ died for you. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day. According to the scripture. Repent of your sins and confess your faith in Christ. We'll baptize you in water for the remission of your sin. If you are a member of the Lord's church. Don't, don't get so caught up. When God is trying to use you. Amen. He got you right here. Yes, for such a time as this. And, and, and when people ask you to do things. Don't get mad. Amen. God put you. In a position to use you for his glory. Come right now as we together stand and sing the song that has been selected. Yeah.